Well, good morning. It's Sunday morning. I'm here reading my Bible. I just wanted to share a few thoughts with you this morning. I'm looking in 1 Samuel chapter 25. That's 1 Samuel chapter 25. And if you're not familiar with that part of the Bible, um, this is a story of David, Nabal, and Abigail. And this is before David is king. He's out in the wilderness. And uh, Nabal was a very wealthy man. And I'm just going to read, um, and Abigail was, was Nabal's wife. It's a very interesting story, and it definitely speaks about leadership for sure. And I'm just going to read a few verses. This is verse 7. Now I hear that it is a sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. And the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my young men. And this is David and his message to Nabal. Therefore, be favorable toward my young men since we come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. When David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message and uh, Nabal this message in David's name. Then they waited. Nabal answered David's servants, "Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and meat I have slaughtered for my shearers and give it to men coming from who knows where?" David's men turned around and went back. When they arrived, they reported every word. David said to the men, Put on your swords. So they put on their swords, and David put on his. Now you see what's happening here. What basically is happening is David has been out in the wilderness, right? And he sends his men to the ball, asking for something, basically for something, some provision, something to eat. Now let's move on. And you can see his response. It's a very quick-tempered response from David. Now this is verse 14. One of the servants told Nabal's wife, Abigail, David sent messengers from the desert to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. Good to us. They did not mistreat us. And the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day, they were like a wall around us all the time we were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do. Because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. Okay, so the servant goes and tells what has happened out with David's men in Nabal and how he responds to them in such an ugly way, even after they have protected his own livestock, right? Now, this says in verse 18, Abigail lost no time. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five seahs of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, and on it goes. She loaded up all these things to offer as a gift to David. And it says at the end of that section, but she did not tell her husband, Nabal. 
So what does she do? She goes out riding on a donkey is what it says. She goes out to meet David, even though they're coming to destroy her house. It's a very interesting dynamic and very brave on her part, but she realizes she has to do something. And verse 20 says, And she came riding on her donkey into a mountain ravine. There was David and his men descending toward her, and she met them. David had just said, It's been useless all my watching over this fellow's property in the desert so that none of his was missing. He, was, he has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to to him. Now, this is what he's just said, right? He's about to come and destroy Nabal's house. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, my Lord, notice how she addresses him. My Lord, let the blame be upon me alone. Please let your servant speak to you and hear what your servant has to say. May my Lord pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is fool and folly goes with him. But as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my master sent. Now, since the Lord has kept you, my master, from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, may your enemies and all, all who intend to harm my master be like Nabal. And let this gift which your servant has brought to my master be given to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's offense. You see what's happening here. David is out in the wilderness. He's asked for some food for his men when he has been doing things for Nabal out in the wilderness. He's repaid with ugliness, absolute ugliness. But he responds very quickly and is going to take out his wrath on Nabal's house for the response that he gives. And when his wife, Nabal's wife, finds out, Abigail, she immediately goes out to meet David. And she literally stops him, stops him from destroying her house. Please forgive your servant's offense, for the Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my master because he fights the Lord's battle. Let no wrongdoing be found in you as long as you live even though someone is pursuing you to take your life. Listen to me very carefully. This is a really, really important story, and it's before David is king. He's still out in the wilderness. He's still trying to get away from Saul, who is trying to kill him. And when he goes to Nabal for help, someone who he's been watching out for their livestock, right? He gets this nasty response. But he immediately wants to met out wrath and judgment on this man's house. And God, in his saving grace, sends his wife out to meet him and to stop him from doing that. And if, of course, if you go on, most people know the story, but if you go on, 
she actually says it would have been needless bloodshed of having avenged yourself, right? And she asked him to remember her, which he does. And if you continue on reading, this is what David says to Abigail. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. See, God sent her to meet him, to keep him from doing what he was about to do. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and for avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the God of Israel lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. He tells her to go in peace. Now, what do we learn from this story? And of course, if you read the rest of the story, you find out what happens. Abigail ends up being David's wife. And her husband actually ends up dead 10 days later. It's a very serious story when you you see all the things that happen. And how sometimes we can respond very quickly to things when we're not treated right. David responded very quickly, but God interceded and he sent someone to meet him to stop him from meting out his own wrath and to stop bloodshed. And he's very thankful and he praises the Lord for that, for her intercession, for her interceding and stopping him from doing that. And ultimately, God's judgment came upon Nabal very strong judgment. And here's what we, if we step back and look at this from a leadership perspective, because David absolutely was a leader. He was not king yet, but he absolutely was a leader. And his response in this situation, I mean, it can be under, it's understandable, but it was too harsh. It's understandable. So God provided a way for someone to meet and stop him, to stop him, from going forth in this um, in this wrath against this man's house. And it's a lesson for us. Even when we're not treated well, that does not give us the right to go and hurt people or harm them or say bad things about them. You know, I'm putting that in a modern context. Does not give us the right to do that. And it is our hope that God will send, if we're about to do that, send someone to stop us. You know, that doesn't always happen. But it's a lesson for us, even when we're not treated well, even when people do things that they shouldn't be doing, even when there's things in this world that are not right, that does not give us, that does not give us the right to go and hurt other people because we're angry or we don't feel like we've been treated right. We need the response of Abigail. See, Abigail interceded. She saw the problem. She saw her husband for what he was and what he was doing. And she took action. And she very humbly, very humbly interceded for her house. If you look at how she speaks to David, it is very humble. She calls him my Lord. She basically acknowledges he's going to be the next king. And she knows that to be true. A very humble servant. She comes to him humbly with gifts and softens him. 
and stops him and saves her house. See, Nabal didn't save his house. Nabal ended up losing his life because of his foolish response to David. But David's initial response was not good either, and it was not godly. And again, a lesson for us. We don't respond with anger. We don't try to met out the wrath of God. We don't do that. We leave that to God. Because in the end, God works it out. He works it out. He is the good judge. He is the good judge. And if someone comes to us, we should listen to them. We should listen to them. So again, as I step back, when we have base, ugly leaders, when we have leaders doing things they should not be doing, we leave it in God's hands and we are thankful for Abigail's who intercede, who intercede. Listen to me very carefully. God always responds to intercession. God always listens as we intercede for our house and for righteousness and for goodness. Notice what she says. Notice how she takes responsibility. She, If I look in this verse, let's see, doo, 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 verse 25 or so, when she got off her donkey, she fell, she fell at his feet and said, my Lord, let the blame be on me alone and let your servant speak to you. See, she took on the blame. It was her house. She wasn't there, but she took on the blame. Very humble. And that's how we should approach God. When things happen, when things are going on, or we need to intercede, whether it's for ourselves personally and personal repentance, or for doing it for someone else or our family or whatever it is, we do it humbly. We go before God Humbly. God responds to repentance. He responds to humility. He responds to intercession. So what does this tell us? Even though we live today in a day of base leadership, and that, that's not true of everyone, but it is definitely true in the time in which we live. That is very obvious. It's very obvious. Our response is not anger. Our response is not taking, you know, the role of God upon ourselves and to met out his vengeance. That's not our role as Christians. We leave that to God. But what we can do is we can intercede. We can fall humbly before the king of kings. Not a man king, but the king of kings and fall humbly before him and intercede for our own nation. For our own families, for our own communities, our own cities, our own states, we can intercede for those people and for our own house. We can do that. Abigail saved her house and she ended up being married to royalty. And she that happened because she acted when she needed to act. When her husband had done something very, very foolish, she acted and she interceded and she brought a gift before the future king of Israel and she was very wise with her words. What can we learn from that today? What we can learn is we fall down before the king of kings and humbly offer our repentance. Humbly offer our intercession for our own house, for our own cities, for our own states, and our nation. Listen, our nation has a lot of problems, and they need people interceding. And there's lots of ways to intercede, but the best way is through prayer. 
The best way is through prayer. It is a time to take action. But first and foremost, we take action before the King of Kings. Because we have a direct line with the King of Kings. A direct line with Him to pray and intercede and ask for good leaders. Ask for God's righteousness to reign over our nation. For God responds to humility. He responds to intercession. He responds to righteousness. So I tell you today, no matter what is happening in your life, your family's life, your community, your city, your state, and the nation, God responds to repentance. God responds to intercession. See, the gifts we give God is ourselves. We give ourselves to Him in humility. That's what Abigail did. She had to be very humble before a future king. And that's how we respond to God. Lord God, I just pray right now you would forgive the iniquity of our nation. You would forgive our many sins. And you would intercede and send Abigails out in the name of Jesus Christ to intercede on where there is not peace, there would be peace. Right now, between leaders, where there is not peace, there would be peace. Where you have Nabals and you have David who are warring against each other, there would be peace in the name of Jesus Christ. And you would send out your Abigails to intercede in humility, Lord God, so that there can be peace peace and tranquility and you will save this house the house of America in Jesus name amen I pray you have a good and wonderful blessed day the word of God is our best tool for learning God's principles in intercession and prayer God responds he always responds to humility and intercession and repentance. He always responds. So I ask you today, friend, what do you need to do? How should we respond today? How can we respond in an evil day when there is not peace? How can we bring peace? How can we save our house? How can we be like Abigail? Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.